Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. Happy New Year. I'm sending you peace, love, joy, abundance, health, and fun for 2022. Right? I'm going to send it so big and so loud. I hope you feel it. Now, as far as my next episode that's coming up, many of you have said that you've been concerned about your weight. I mean, we're always thinking about our weight, many of us, but especially when we get stressed or anxious, we tend to eat and drink a little more. Emotional eating, emotional drinking. And I get it. You know, even the best of us, when we don't even realize it and we think, oh, we're just hungry, we're doing it either out of habit or emotional eating. So I'm bringing back Dr. Ashley, who I had live on Hey, I Got Something to Say, to give you the real scoop, the scientific way to lose weight. That's right. Not a specific diet. No, 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 no. Just different tips and tricks to take the weight off because I know many of us want to do that. So enjoy it. I appreciate you so much, guys, for listening. And please share this with somebody that you feel will be inspired. And it means so much to me when you rate it and like it. It really, really does matter. And also, thank you so much for sending me my coaching clients, my individuals, and my corporates and spreading the word. I love it. Toodles! This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. All right, you're in for a wonderful treat because so many of you have asked me, help, Sandy, help. I know I was just getting back on track of not having the best nutritional habits during COVID and then the holidays hit and well, and I said, don't you worry. If any of you watched my live interview on, hey, I got something to say, with Dr. Ashley Lucas, you'll know this woman has some answers for us. Easy peasy. But before I bring her on, let me tell you a little bit about her. Dr. Ashley is the owner and founder of PhD Weight Loss, where their mission is to empower people to step up, better your life, and create sustainable change. She is a PhD nutritionist and registered dietitian who comes to the field after being a professional ballet dancer. With her experience and struggles as a professional athlete, I hear you, sister, her research on energy metabolism and years of clinical experience, she challenges the standard ways of thinking when it comes to everything nutrition and weight loss related. Welcome, Dr. Ashley. How are you? I'm so glad to be here. I'm so happy that you agreed to come back on because we need to hear more after that short live. Yeah, I'm excited. All right, so let's hit it. If you were going to say one word that best describes your past 30 days, and we don't care what the word is, whatever pops in your head, what would it be and why? My last 30 days? Yeah, your last 30 days. <laughs> oh, 
I'm going to go with challenging. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Why um, challenging? Tell us more. My entire family had COVID. Oh, boy. Um, so, oh boy. and I'm actually oh in the swing of it right now. So if I sound a little cloudy, that might be why. You could have rescheduled. <laughs> we could have, but I'm, I'm feeling well. It's just okay. been a long course of it. But, yeah. you know, we're, we are healthy and Aww. very grateful for that. But my little kids, I say, you know, they brought it home for, for me for Christmas. That, yeah, that was their gift. We like it, to it share. <laughs> they want to share. They do. Know? Well, I appreciate you being here because, you know, <laughs> that definitely is a trooper. But I'm glad you're feeling good. Like, yes, not thank you. amazing 100%, but you're, you know. In Feeling the right good. direction. And I That's hope you right. feel, you know, great for the holidays. Yeah, so, thank you. The reason I wanted to have you back on, because mm -hmm. I do like your different approach about, you know, the weight loss subject. And especially, this is coming right after the holidays. And mm -hmm. so many people have reached out to me. Who, who, by the way, usually, they're not people that haven't been healthy and eating healthy. They had a great routine, but they were so excited. So many people, Ashley, that they could get, <laughs> well, they could, <laughs> while things were slowing down, they got out more mm -hmm. and they are just drinking more wine and having more beers than normal <laughs> and a few more cookies. And they look down and it's like, oh my goodness, how did I gain 10 to 20 pounds? Yeah. And they're freaking. And I'm like, calm down. Because this is not like they did that every year. Maybe they gained mm -hmm. five, but now they seem, I don't know if you've been hearing it, it was mm -hmm. like, I think I got too excited, you know, about mm -hmm. being out there. And so they're like, I feel so bad. I'm like, first of all, you can't have guilt. You can't feel bad. I'm sure Dr. Ashley has some answers. So the biggest thing I want to do is I want to go after this one male who said, please tell Dr. Ashley I need her help. I probably have been going out four nights a week to socialize or having people over. He's in his 30s. He's got two kids. And I put on at least 12 pounds, but he won't get on the scale. Mm -hmm. What should I do first? That's a big question without knowing him. But I thought I'd hit you first with that one. Sure. What should he do first? Well, you know, the majority of our weight comes from our nutrition. And so I know this is a cliche phrase, but you can't out to exercise a, a bad diet. <laughs> That's <And> true. <laughs> so I would really suggest that we focus on the nutrition. And, you know, the thing is, is you can drop weight and you can be healthy by eating a, a good diet, but still enjoying your lifestyle. So it doesn't mean that you can't go out, you can't hang out with friends, you can't entertain people, you know, and, and still have a optimal health. So yeah. you can do both, but it is recognizing that when you are dining out and you're entertaining folks that you want to focus on your nutrition throughout the day. A lot of us will save our quote unquote calories for the end of the day or when we're going to be going out with friends or yeah. for the, the party, you know, and then we overindulge and over overeat because we're just ravenous. That's so true. That's so true. It's really important to, to not do that and to have this, this good way of eating throughout the day. 
no matter what is happening, you know, if you're having a social event or what, you don't want to necessarily skip breakfast or just not eat anything through the day and wait till you get to that fun event. Because again, you're going to find that you overindulge and overcompensate. I 100%, I want to tell everybody, she is so right. And you know, she is because I'm that way. Now, not often, but now and then, if I'm really excited about a project, actually, I forget to eat. And I don't do it on yeah. purpose. I forget. And mm-hmm. then if I get to a party, I'm like, oh, I didn't eat all day. But you eat more. You're right. It's better to eat a little bit of something healthy because then you're not going to take those hors d'oeuvres. I know I do it. Mm-hmm. And just start putting, I'm so starving. I'm so starving. Like walk. That happened to me the other Friday. I was going around Christmas shopping. I didn't stop to eat. I went to a party eight o'clock at night mm-hmm. and there are all these little, you know, hors d'oeuvres I would never eat. Right. My husband looked at me and said, what is with you? <laughs> I'm starving. Like I literally, my blood sugar had dropped. I was sweating. Right. And well, especially were, when, yeah, yeah when ahead. alcohol is involved, right? Yeah. It's going to yeah. decrease your inhibition even more. And so those little appetizers look extra tasty. Yeah. And I didn't even, like I knew not to drink because I hadn't eaten, but I'm sitting there uh-huh. and the options weren't like, there were not wasn't any crudite. It was all mini pizzas and puff pastries. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And I just sat there and was like eating, eating. He's like, oh my God. I said, I thought I was going to pass out. And I thought, <laughs> that's what doctor, you said that before. And that's what Dr. Ashley was talking about. Mm-hmm. You don't, I get you want to save your calories, but if you go in starving, bad idea. Bad idea. And you're, you're not going to like the way that you feel at the end. So I always suggest that you go into some event like this, not being hungry at all. Yeah. You know, Um, and then you'll, you could enjoy a few items that look really tasty to you and move on and and enjoy the people who are there instead of the food. Well, after that, I said, I'm not having that habit again. Even if I'm on the road, I brought Mm -hmm. little healthy snacks with me, you know, healthy bars, healthy shakes, healthy fruit, because you can take that. I had hard boiled eggs in the car. I'm like, I'm not walking in somewhere starving. And then- like I would normally go for the healthy choices, but that's just not what they had. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I learned yeah. because I did not right. feel good the next morning. I had yeah. so many those little mini, even though they're, what are they? I love them. They're thin crusted. They're from Trader Joe's, the pizzas, but yeah, you have so many of them. Not good. Not good. Not ideal. All right. That's a great tip. And I love that you mentioned it because I think so many times we forget. And think, well, I didn't eat anything all day, but then mm-hmm. it, it's not, it's not cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's back up though. You talk a lot about healthy fats. And so when I told people you were coming back on, they wanted to know, I think we touched on it, but let's do it a little bit more. If you were a big keto fan. Yeah. You know, so for us, what we do, we're, we're not keto um, we're not Atkins. We're, we're not a specific definition because I find everybody and their metabolism is so unique that we all need our own unique plan and way of eating to support our body. Mm. And, and so when we look at keto, I don't necessarily think that it's bad. I think that some people really thrive following that way of eating. Um, their, their body does amazing things and, and they yeah. like it. So it, But for other people, you know, specifically some with uh, specific genes do not tolerate eating a lot of saturated fat. And it's hard to eat a a very high fat diet like keto without including saturated fat in the composition there. 
And so for those individuals, yes, that's not going to be ideal and mm. and they should think about a, a different way of eating. So I, I don't think that it's terrible at all. Some people really benefit while others, it's, it's not going to support their optimal health and they have to be aware of that. Yeah. My husband doesn't do keto, but mm -hmm. if you looked at what he eats, it's protein, 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 and he is healthy and he does well and he looks great with it. Mm -hmm. But when I, if I would eat all that, I, I would be sick. My, mm -hmm. I would feel hard. You know what I mean? It just wouldn't feel good, which is different than when you say, don't fear dietary fat. So I would like mm -hmm. you to talk a little bit more about that. Well, and one thing to note about a keto diet, a keto, a true keto diet isn't very high protein. It's oh. about 70% fat and pretty moderate protein. If you oh. eat above a certain amount of protein, it actually knocks you out of fat burn. It stimulates the body to secrete insulin just like carbohydrate does. So that is one thing to be aware of from a keto perspective. To get truly into ketosis, you don't want to eat too much protein. See, and I always thought it was high protein and fat, but it's no, not. No, no. High fat, shows kind of me. moderate, moderate ah. protein there. So that's why, yeah, everybody is so different in what they tolerate. But it sounds like your husband found the ticket to his success. Uh, but, I mean, he eats one vegetable a month. So how is he not <laughs> have scurvy and healthy? I want to know, Ashley. Like, Well, it's amazing because so he's pro following more of a, a carnivore diet. Yes, yes. It's like yeah, chicken, pork, right. beef. And they're healthier choices. I mean, he... And there's a lot of vitamin C and, and vitamins and minerals in the protein and the fats that he's eating. I thought you were going to be able to tell me he should eat more veggies. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, you're right. If he if he goes to the doctor once every seven years, I think he's doing something right. But, I think he is. But I, my plate is so opposite of that. It's filled with salad and veggies, and mm -hmm. and that's how I feel good. And then I have my yeah. small protein over there. Right. So that just shows you totally different people. Totally different. And that's what I love about your approach. Because when people come to you, it's not like, okay, this is the system and every single person's going to follow it. That's right. Yeah, it's definitely not a one size fits all approach. And, you know, that's where I think that we've run into trouble is that we're all told to follow my plate. You know, it was the food pyramid and that we're all supposed to follow yeah. this and, and eat 60% carbohydrate and six yeah. to 11 servings of grains. I mean, if I ate that in a day, I would be struggling and yeah. my health yeah, would too. not be yeah. where it needed to be. So it just goes to show over and over again that it just can't be one size fits all. Yeah. Now, are there some foundational things? Like, okay, here's some basic things that everyone should look at and follow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that some some basic things would be uh, that we need to eat within our carb tolerance level. <laughs> I love that. Uh, carb tolerance level. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. This is going to be controversial, but I would say that the vast majority of us do really well uh, consuming some kind of animal protein. Okay. Um, you know, I think that some people can do fairly well, say, on a, a vegan, vegetarian diet. But the majority of people I see, especially those struggling with their weight, don't tolerate that diet as well. Yeah. You know? Um, and so looking at that and, and really 
having an awareness toward your body. And if you know, you do eat more of a vegan way, if that truly is benefiting the body or not. So taking a a deep look at that. And for some people, yes, for others, it just doesn't work well. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said before. Yeah. And then, you know, I eating some veggies in there is important. You know, and and focusing on the non-starchy veggies as the foundation. So beans are not a vegetable. Corn is not a vegetable. (laughs) Are you sure, Ashley? I know. I hate to bring this to you. I love beans and corn, by the way. Yeah. Well, it's a starch. It's a grain. That's right. As long as you categorize it correctly. I know I love when I have clients come to me and they're like, I eat lots of vegetables, potato, beans, and corn. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, but those do not qualify. I know. I know. But they are good. And in moderation, Mm -hmm. because when I have my Mexican food, I like my beans and corn in it. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't put a lot, but, you know, a few. And I bet you don't eat it that frequently. No, I don't. I don't. Like, I am one of those people that eat absolutely everything, mm-hmm. but I'm very fortunate. Most times, like I said, besides last Friday night, all hell broke loose, but <laughs> most times I, I know my body well enough that I do it in moderation. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's just some things I can't eat because I just know I wouldn't feel great, but mm-hmm. it's like I'm, I'm never going to not eat pepperoni pizza. I love pepperoni pizza, but it's sure. not going to be that often. And when I do, I'm very like I said, I'm very fortunate in that I can do it in portion control. Like I can have a, yeah, a little piece and be like, woohoo, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, so here's the thing is, is that a lot of us who struggle with our weight can't eat everything in moderation. So I yeah. wouldn't list that as the ticket to success for everybody. Well, you could do it. And, and that's awesome. I'll, you know, weight loss for a lot of people is an addiction recovery process. Mm. And so it's almost like telling an alcoholic, well, you should be able to have that wine. Just have a glass. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's such a great analogy. You're so Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, that does not work. Yeah. Yeah. So so I I never use that phrase uh, because it can be really frustrating for some people who just cannot eat certain foods in moderation. Like if you can eat one piece of pizza, but another individual, you know, might have to eat the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. Uh, mm-hmm. So I said, I think I'm very fortunate that that's yeah. one of my, I mean, there are other traits that don't serve me well, but that trait right. I think serves me well. But I, I do does, agree yeah. yeah, that I've seen other people, other clients, mm-hmm. they're like, Sandy, if I have an Oreo, yeah. I'm going for the entire row. Right. That's it. Yeah, so, for like days. Yeah. And it's better that I don't have them in the house and I don't go for the Oreo. And right. I do agree. And I would never, ever, and I I, I was going to say hate, but I really dislike when we're around people and people say, oh, just have a piece or just have a slice or just mm-hmm. have a, they don't want it. They know that's not good for I them. I know. That's pr- that pressure. I, I, I really like let them alone. Mm-hmm. Like I, right. you, you know what I mean? You're at parties like, oh God, just oh, yeah. try it. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not just going to have one pig in the blanket. I heard the guy say, and the woman right. was like, yeah, but I made them homemade, you know, with the pastry thing mm-hmm. and he had it and that was it. He had 10. Yep. It, it's over. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now let me ask you this. Can that be changed? Can that behavior be changed? Or is that just part of your personality and you know that and you work around it? It's a part of your personality and you know that and you're aware of it. But 
When you eat within your carb tolerance level and you limit those foods, the cravings for those foods is going to diminish. So you might find that there's a selection of the foods that in the past were really big triggers no longer trigger you in the same way. Yeah. Okay. So let's go and tell everyone what you need by your carb tolerance. Carb tolerance, sorry. Yeah, your your carb tolerance level. So basically we all have a unique metabolism like we've just said. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we all tolerate foods in different ways. And so for some of us, for example, if we eat above 80 grams of total carbs a day, it induces hunger, cravings, and weight gain. Mm. It causes inflammation. And by inflammation, I mean, this can present in all different ways as well, but it could be joint pain or skin irritation or the development of more autoimmune conditions. Yeah, yeah. Um, Headaches, cravings, poor mood, bad sleep. So all of these things are what I mean by inflammation, joint pain, if I didn't say Mm. that already. Yeah. Yeah. And so if we eat above our unique carb tolerance level, then we can see these things present. But if we can find our sweet spot and our optimal nutrition underneath our unique level of this amount of carbohydrate, then we feel good. We have better sleep. We have better mood. Um, we drop any kind of excess weight much more effortlessly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we don't have these ravenous cravings or hungers. You know, I used to... Um, In my past, I was a professional ballet dancer, and I always counted fat grams because I thought if you ate fat, you got fat. I always, you know, limited my my calories, and I was hungry all the time. I remember, you know, on the the weekends if I was home and not dancing, I was just thinking about what could I eat next. And all day I was just grazing on all this fat-free, low-fat, low-calorie food. But I was like chained to it. I I was hungry just Mm. incessantly. Yeah. And I know a lot of the dancers I was with, you know, felt the same way. And a lot of people who I see now for, you know, assistance in in dropping weight sustainably feel just chained to food, tied to food. Yeah. You know? And and so if we can eat within this level for ourselves, then that hunger that incessant hunger goes away and we are liberated. Yeah. Now, when you were doing that, though, I, I think it was the common thought. You know, <laughs> We thought that was the way to do, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like low-fat, everything. Like, okay, you can eat those yucky products with like 28 ingredients in it. Right. But it's low in fat. Right. I don't even remember when it changed. Do you? Like, when is it that we were like, I wait mean, a minute? Probably, I think it's still out there, mm-hmm. actually. I mean, when I really, yeah, during my dietetic internship, I, after I earned my PhD, I went back to school and completed my dietetic internship so that I was, you know, I, I thought that I would be this expert in the field of nutrition and weight management by being a registered dietitian. But all the information I learned during that time was all the stuff I, I already knew, which was calories in, calories out, eat less, move more. Um, If you eat fat, you're going to get fat and, you know, it's poor for your heart. Mm. So I I, I still think a lot of those beliefs are out there. 
But probably in the last six years or so, I think with more of the involvement of the paleo community, Mm -hmm. have we become more aware that dietary fat does not cause us to gain weight and actually is essential to burn fat and lose weight and keep it off? Okay. So that being said, for everyone out there listening, because I, that shows you the world I travel in. Not, not that Mm -hmm. I don't think people think that, Mm -hmm. but most of the people I know, they're looking, same thing, more at their carbs. And now it's, are you eating healthy carbs? I don't know if Mm -hmm. you hear that all the time, right? And they count their carbs, but it can be the same way. Like when you were talking about that you were felt trapped with the food, I'm seeing the same thing with the carbs and the gluten-free stuff. Like it's down and it it makes me sad that how they're really, really trying to be exact about that. And I don't Mm -hmm. know how you feel about that. I, in general, really dislike any kind of counting or trackers. Mm. Uh, The trackers really, I find, aren't healthy or helpful at all. You know, like my fitness pal, um, we have to break ties with those often with our clients. Really? Yes. You know, and the reason why I don't like them is is many reasons, but one, they're under reporters. So they are Ah. actually saying that we eat less than we really do. Gotcha. I also don't love them because they enforce this idea upon us that we should eat because of what a calculator says. So... I'll have clients often who get to the end of the day and they're like, oh my gosh, I have X number of 500 calories in red here on my tracker that it says I haven't eaten yet. Wow. And since it's there, I think I'm going to go to the pantry and find a treat or go to the fridge and eat something because, well, if I don't, then maybe my metabolism will slow down because I'm not eating enough, which is bunk. Or maybe... um, I just want it (laughs) and I've worked hard for the day and I want to eat something even though I'm not hungry. And so we never want to eat because of any reason beside actually being hungry and listening to our bodies. And if our body says, yeah, I I need to eat something, then do it. But if it's because of some kind of inaccurate calculator, or even if it is accurate, it doesn't really matter. Your body says that it's okay and it doesn't need that. You know, this is a big thing. I know my friends are going to be sending in a lot more questions after this because I've always not been for that either. Mm-hmm. You know, personally, I don't want that to be my experience. I think you're a slave to it. I want to enjoy my food when I have it. But is it possible that some people, you know, planning out their food, measuring their food and being accurate with it so they know how much exactly they're taking in during the day is enjoyable for them? that that process is enjoyable for their specific personality? That's my question because some people Mm -hmm. used to try to convince me of that where to me it just seemed like this is not a good thing, but they're like, well, it makes me happy. Sure. I think for some people it can be helpful. And and it's not to say that, um, you know, even with our clients, we are precise in the weight loss phase for sure. So... It's not to say to not be aware of what you're eating or to measure it once in a while yeah. to understand what's going on. But I just mean tracking it through the day that with something that totals calories and all these different grams. Gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah that aspect is generally not necessary. Now, the other major point that I want to get in here, because we're talking about 
Like everyone is an individual. I get everybody's metabolism mm-hmm. is so different. But you say one of your points is about not eating carbs for breakfast. Yeah. Why? I'm not a big breakfast person. I, I don't even like yeah. looking at food. I, I, I wake up and I'm like, oh God, oh no, no, no. So that's why I'm curious. When is your first meal of the day? Here around lunchtime. Really? I don't, and I have to make myself eat. Even at lunch? I'm not, it's a weird thing, and we'll get into that another time, mm-hmm. actually. But, and I love food, but <clears throat> I don't wake up hungry. And I could teach two or three classes, high intensity, and right. not want to eat, but have healthy shakes and stuff that I would blend, you know, with mm-hmm. fruits and veggies and protein in it. So I'll eat throughout the day, but I don't want to. <laughs> but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not, that's the thing with me. I'm not hungry. Mm-hmm. I'm this, but dinner time, that's when I really relax. And I don't, it's not like I'm gorgeous, but, but that's when I really, everything's done in my day. And I love putting my feetsies up and relaxing. I plan the whole thing out and that's when I want to eat. And well, I don't feel like I'm sense. a sacrifice. Oh, it does? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. That go. means you're you're burning fat through the day, and I think that's healthy if that's what your body's saying it needs. Ooh, yippee! Yeah, <laughs> but other people it's different. Like I have friends come over, and they wake up and they are starving. Mm-hmm. Being s- starving in the morning is a pretty good sign that you are not burning fat very much. So if that is you, that means you need to make a change in your diet. What did you just say? Because I'm going to send this out to so many people. (laughs) If you wake up generally and you're just ravenous in the morning, it's very likely that you need to make some changes to your diet. Tell me more, Ashley, Yeah. So, well, if we get back to your initial question as to why we don't want to include lots of carbs with breakfast, the first thing is throughout this whole discussion, I just want people to be aware that I'm not saying carbs are evil. Yeah. You know, they're they're just fine, but they we talk a lot about them because they have the most profound impact on how we metabolize all other nutrients. Mm. They mm. flip the switch on or off to burning fat. And so that's why we mention them. Gotcha. Okay, so if we eat carbohydrates, specifically above our tolerance level, then we flip off the switch to burning fat for fuel for the rest of the day. So that's why it really benefits the majority of us to eat pretty much, you know, even no carb in the morning so that we can keep that fat burning going. If you think about it, it takes us about eight up to 12 hours to metabolize our last meal. So if you eat dinner, say you finish around 7.30, then you're not actually tapping in and burning fat for, let's say, take the average for 10 hours. And then if you wake up and you eat right away a big carby breakfast, then you flipped off the switch and you're, you're no longer burning fat again. And so if we can eat a breakfast that doesn't have a lot of carbs or no carbs in it, then we can keep that fat burning potential going for a longer period of time. Oh my God. That's such great information. So what do you eat in the morning? I'm like you and I'm not very, I'm I'm not a big breakfast eater. So I always have coffee and my favorite food is heavy cream. And I'll put some heavy cream in it, a little dash of MCT oil, 
and I blend it with this little handheld frother, the tiny yeah. little thing. Yeah, I have and, one, yeah. And um, that will hold me off until around 11 or noon, and then I generally make a, a smoothie, yeah. you know, that... Well, it's actually, we have a lot in common then. We that's, do, I know. Look that sounds that. exactly what I'm doing. That sounds exactly yes. like my breakfast and exactly uh-huh. like my lunch. That's so weird. Yeah, if I'm home, I might scramble up some eggs. Yeah. Put some sprouts on top. And I yeah. like sausage. Yeah. Some sausage too. in there. Oh, my tasty. God. This is too weird. And I did not know this. I had no idea <laughs> she was doing this. But that's so funny. Okay, so. I want to make sure I get this other question in here. And I know you're a big component of this in that you say that 80% of it is mental and emotional Mm -hmm. habit and behavior. And that's the biggest question I kept getting over and over and over again from people that felt like they really had healthy habits. They got into bad, we mentioned at the beginning habits over COVID dealing with the stress and the anxiety of it. And now with things changing again mm-hmm. and not knowing how to deal with an emotional, they find they're eating more again and they just don't know how to get out of this whirlwind. I'd say a really fun and helpful tip is to create a new identity. And I don't know if we talked about this last time. But uh, I don't think so. So I'm yeah, very interested. Okay, great. Well, yeah. you have to decide who you want to be. What is your identity that you're reaching for? Because if you have no idea what the ultimate goal is, then you can't live in alignment with it. And you're going to find that you're always fighting with yourself. So step one is, okay, what is your new identity right here, right now? You're 20, 30, 50 pounds overweight, you know, off of your habits, healthy habits and behaviors because of all of this continuing swinging pendulum of, uncertainty that's going on in our society. Yeah. So you have to sit down and say, okay, this is who I am. Is it lean, vibrant, fit, sexy, whatever that identity is, sit there and establish it, write it down. And then you have to start living in alignment with it now. Mm. You can't wait until you've achieved that. You have to say, okay, this is who I am right now in this moment. And what actions would I take? Would I drink every single night? Would I, you know, if I was this person? No. No. What would you have in your fridge? What would you have in your cupboard? When you go Mm. out and dine out, which is fine, even if you do it every night, but what would you order? Would you order a fries and, and burger every night and just be like, to heck with it? You wouldn't if you were that identity. You probably would choose a salad and fish or a burger with no bun because it tastes just as good and you feel better after anyway. You know, I just recently, I don't know if you ever heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yes, I have. And, and he said the same thing with, in a different way. Like, who do you want to be? And uh, that idea, it's the same thing. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's coming from a neuroscientist perspective. Yeah. So, and I'm laughing because exactly what he said. Well, okay, now live that now. That's it. And I love that. Hey, I just want to know, can I have a new name? Because a lot of my friends, <laughs> kids, have new identifies. And they, uh, 
new identity. They have new names. I think I would like to put a new name to this one, you know? Uh, yeah, I think you could. <laughs> I think it'd be fun, you know? Yeah. Create a whole new persona, personality. <laughs> like, That's right. Oh. That's funny. And you know what? I love the way you did that, Ashley, because you're making something fun. Like you said, it's easy, but it's fun, but it, it mm -hmm. can be life-changing to live in that world and identify and what would you do with that person? I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So we need to ask one big question about you. You ready mm -hmm. for this one? This is huge. I don't know why I'm they ready. want to know. This is funny. What do you eat for dinner? What do I eat for dinner? On a, like, do you change it up? What's your daily dinner? You know, we're probably a little bit boring. You know, I've got three kids under the age of nine. Well, I don't call that boring. I well, that I know. <laughs> You're running around Over, in circles. We're conditioned for chaos. Yeah. Yeah, yes. what I like to say. Um, you know, and both my husband and I work full time. So we're really busy and I always cook things that are quick. And so we often will just eat some kind of protein. We do eat a lot of red meat. Mm -hmm. um, we like it. I really like a good steak. And we will make a salad almost every night mm -hmm. and make lots of different dressings. And I like cheese. So I put cheese on top mm -hmm. of pretty much everything. And then we might, I like roasted cauliflower. I'll do that often. Um, when in the winter, I might make a stew in the Instapot. We'll do that frequently. And I usually put it over riced cauliflower. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, this sounds I'll, like my meals, by the way. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, maybe meatballs with sauce, but no noodles. Or I really love spiralized zucchini. Um, and I cook that up instead of pasta, and it's delicious. Sometimes yes. I'll put pesto on it. I like that a lot. Um, we, we'll make curry and use riced cauliflower on top of that. Um, but usually it's just a piece of protein, some kind of meat. I like fattier cuts of whatever we do. Yeah. And some kind of non-starchy veggie and a salad. Sounds good to me. Yeah. I could eat dinner there every night. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. You're I welcome said, to come over. <laughs> With the three kids, you'd like you need another the, person. Hey, but. yeah. But it's exactly how I eat now. Mm -hmm. Like I said, not my at home right now. I just have my one son and my husband and they're more carnivores. Mm -hmm. So I'm usually making all the stuff, but it lasts me throughout the week. Like I'll make right. you know, the cauliflower and eat it. I'll make the cauliflower rice, which I love. You reminded me, I haven't had the spiral zucchini in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty delicious. Yeah. So you don't eat any pasta at all? Never. But it sounds like you're, it, I, by the way, that didn't mm -hmm. sound boring at all to me. Oh, well, it's not boring to me either. Yeah, it, you um, mixed it up a lot. And so yeah. it sounds delicious. You know, mm -hmm. I thought you were going to say every night we have chicken <laughs> and broccoli and a salad. Because I know people that do their chicken broccoli mm, salad. Like, oh, no, not I quite. I but, can't do that. I can't yeah. do that. Okay. So we touched a little bit about your journey and you being mm -hmm. a professional ballet dancer the first time you were here live. But I want to go a little bit more into that because I think that's what triggered you or brought you into this profession. Yeah, it did. Definitely. And you mentioned how you felt like you were asleep, like cutting, you know, didn't feel great and always watching your fat. Mm -hmm. Did you eventually, I think you told me you didn't feel healthy. It didn't, wasn't working for you, but mm -hmm. I want you to tell it. 
Sure. Yeah. You know, I spent my youth training in classical ballet and it's a pretty rigorous sport, I would call it. Yes. Um, yes. You know, with a, a ton of crazy aesthetic demands. And my body didn't naturally conform to what it needed to do. So I just consistently forced it. Um, I was injured as a result all the time. I, I had a successful, fairly successful career just because I would never give up, always push through everything. So I did dance professionally uh, across the country with a bunch of different ballet companies, but I was just always dealing with one stress fracture after another, one injury after another. And I really believe it was because I didn't feed myself the way that I needed to. I mean, I didn't look at myself like I should have, like an athlete, I was just always concerned about dropping weight and getting my body to that place it needed to be. Mm. Um, and so again, I was just, you know, eating everything that was low fat or I avoided eating any kind of meat for quite some time. Red meat, I wouldn't even touch Yeah, because I feared it was going to be, you know, unhealthy and, and cause me to gain weight. And so as a result, I was uh, at the end of my career flown to New York to perform. I had the opportunity to be in some once in a lifetime performances. But when I went up there, instead of finding myself in the spotlight, I found myself in the ER. I thought Ooh. I was having a, a heart attack. What? I did. Yeah, I was I had no idea what was going on. Oh, my God. And so I had a whole bunch of, of different tests done. And the neurologist came back and said that I was just over exercised and underfed and that my body was done. Like it just could not do anymore. Wow. And for me, it was a huge deal. You know, oh my I was God. yeah, <laughs> 20 plus years of struggle and sacrifice and I was flown home you know didn't I thought maybe I had MS and mm. I was alone and afraid of my health future and knowing that I couldn't go back and and, and dance anymore I had no idea oh what God. to do with myself what did your family say what did they think they flew up to New York to be with me which was a big deal and yeah. so they were just really fearful and my husband also um, is in the medical profession. And so he was just trying to help me get the right type of tests. And yeah, just yeah. everyone felt terrible. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. Oh. Uh, so it was just a really hard time for me. Yeah. Uh, and then the next phase was deciding what to do next. Yeah. Because that whole life you build up to this. Oh, everything. I Yeah. I mean, I, I spent literally 22 years every day training or performing or focused on what's next in that field. Wow. Oh, my so, God. That's right. Yeah, that was a big deal. It was a huge deal. Mm -hmm. So how long did it take you? Like once that happened and you mm -hmm. knew you couldn't perform, was it years to figure out? Like what did you do? No. So... um I went on and, and my husband was in medical school and I knew that I don't, I don't know how this is going to sound, but I don't deal well um, with dealing with really sick individuals. Like I, I don't have the strength for that in a way. 
That, yeah, that's, that's, you know, yeah, that's very no. There's a lot of people that feel that way. Thank you for your honesty. Yeah, yeah some, I just there are people, um, you there know, are people like, that oh, do that, and there are people that don't. Yeah, I don't know how my my husband can do it. Really, yeah, he's a. I agree. Yeah, surgeon, and just even seeing people in pain, like I just, I'm more on the preventative side. Yep, yep. I, I I'm, have I'm to. I, I want to catch it before and and fight for them. You know, when when we can catch it and still make huge change, but. Yeah, people in emergent states, I, I I will get down with them and start shaking. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah, so so I knew that you know medicine for me probably wasn't the best step, and I investigated all different avenues, dentistry, and no offense to any dentist, but man, it wasn't exciting to me. Yeah, it just yeah. didn't do it for me either, and so. Yep. I knew how significantly nutrition impacted my own sport performance, or really, I guess I could say the lack of nutrition. Yeah, yeah. And so I decided to pursue that, and I've really wanted to learn how we can drop weight in a healthy and sustainable fashion, because I knew it didn't work for me to just limit calories and move more. I was an expert at that, and I was either severely injured or still fatter than I could be for my sport. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I went on and studied exactly that. You know, how do we do this in a way that's sustainable? And most importantly, what do we need to do mentally, emotionally, and behaviorally to create sustainable change? And so with that, I just had this great opportunity to go in and study energy metabolism and specifically the female athlete triad with a, a great advisor um, at Virginia Tech. Wow. And so I went on and I had to do even more, you know, undergraduate courses to get into to that track. Mm. Um, but fortunately, everything worked out and I was able to um, do that. Wow. And so again... <laughs> You took your own life, which is a lot of people when they're living their passion and sharing it with the world, you saw what happened to you and that sparked the interest to learn more and help people not do that. Oh, completely. Which I love. Yeah. Yeah. If I could help people avoid everything that I went through. Yeah. Yeah. uh, uh, It is what my passion is. um, And I feel that every experience I gained through my dancing career uh, is just has, has helped me and empowered me to create positive change within others. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Uh, Amen. So do you get to work or see a lot of athletes? Yes. You know, that's actually how I started everything I created in the protocol that we implement in our weight loss company Um, It comes from an athletic background, you know, stemming from my athletic background and then all of my research and then started working one on one with athletes initially to help them optimize their performance. And what I mean by that is to, you know, optimize their body composition without hindering their metabolism to help them, you know, whatever it might be, cycle or run or ski at higher intensities for longer durations yeah, um, yeah. And so what I found had this significant impact on these athletes had a more profound impact on those of us struggling with excess weight. And that's really how our, our weight loss, our PhD approach really developed. Oh, I gotcha. 
I got it. And you know what? I was telling people when, even when I had my health clubs and I was training non-athletes, I took a lot of my techniques that I did with the athletes, you know, mm-hmm. the same thing and, and applied it to my everyday people in a different way, you know, right. and it, it was so much fun being able to do both. All right, Ashley, this has been great. And I know people are going to really love hearing this, especially mm-hmm. this is going to be out right after the new year. It's going to make mm-hmm. a huge difference. But before we go, we're going to do a little bit fun, rapid fire questions. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Favorite color? Pink. Favorite food? Is it steak? <laughs> it's actually heavy cream. <laughs> oh, you did say that. Heavy cream. That's right. It really is. I just love it. That's so cute. Do you live <laughs> on a farm? Do you have a cow out back? I need a cow. You yeah. should see how many how many cartons of heavy cream we have in there. Although I can't taste it right now and it's devastating. Yeah, it's yeah that's probably. All right. If you could be any animal... What animal would you be and why? Hmm. I guess I would be a bird. And okay. why? You know, I, have, I have a lot of dreams of me trying to fly. <laughs> so I think that would be a lot of fun to be up there and transport myself efficiently. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I would love to fly too. I'm yeah, not sure what kind of bird I would want to be though. All right. So you could do anything in your free time. What are you doing? What are some fun hobbies you have? Mm, I love to be outside. Um, I love the sun. And so I, I love to cycle, ride a bike, okay. hike. I love to paddleboard. Ooh. It's one of my favorite things to do down the river or... Ooh. Yeah. So I'd say being outside doing something like that. Sounds fun. Okay. When I say the word universe, what does it mean to you? Mm, It means just a a source of positive supply and abundance. Oh, I like that. I like that, Ashley. I'm going to take that. You can (laughs) take that. (laughs) All right, Ashley. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's been amazing. So much amazing information. I'm just excited for people to share this episode. But before we go, tell us how they can find you. Yes, you should check us out online at myphdweightloss.com. Our website is great. We have so many different client experiences on there, video, images, um, blog with lots of great information and content. So be sure to check that out. I have a free ebook on the homepage right now. So um, download that. Lots more great tips and you know lifestyle strategies that are pretty simple that you can implement into your life right away that I hope make some really positive change for you. I know it's going to. Yeah. All I right, so. my let's keep it real people. Here's to a happy, healthy, prosperous, and fun new year. Thank you, Dr. Ashley, for being on. We really appreciate you taking the time. And you know what I'm going to say, until next time, toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.